Hey, JFW family, welcome back to the second episode of the Channel 23 podcast. That's right, episode two. You guys like it so much, we're doing another one. The purpose of this podcast is to be able to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone of all things JFW. Jim and Dave White, welcome back, guys. Cheers, everybody. How's it going, everyone? Glad to be back. So guys, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, first episode being successful? I will throw out some numbers here to you, just so you know. We actually have thirty followers on our podcast now, and we had eighty one downloads. I think that's great feedback. Um, I personally had 0071 Paco uh, reach out to me and told me how much he liked it. I had 0087 Don Keller reach out. He, he had some great comments on it. Um, 0012 Ray, he enjoyed it. He actually gave me on some, on some tips that we could talk about. He asked a question on, he'd like to know what, how much money we spent on different things. And one of his things he brought up was tires. I can toss it out there right now for this year alone on tires. We have spent $363,000 on tires and 20,000 on brakes alone. Wow. That's crazy. Getting back to uh, the feedback, I did have one negative comment, but that's to be expected. And then one driver, he told me I had a face for a podcast. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that there's 30 followers and that, that it's been downloaded that many times. Man, the goal is to have at least 200 a week per episode. That would be fantastic that it gets popular enough that people don't mind listening to us here and there. Sometimes we rant, but man... If we can get our point across and, and help everyone be better, that's the goal. Are you guys ready for the uh, dad joke challenge? Lay it on us. All right. We'll let the JFW family decide who the winner is. What does a house wear? Don't know what. A dress. <laughs> a dress. That's a good one. like that one. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully I don't steal Jim's here. Uh Let's see. Why couldn't the skeleton climb the hill? I know that one. Well, lay it on me. It didn't have the heart of the guts. ba da ba <laughs> All right. Well, since I got your... Jim, Jim, do you have one? No, but it is a skeleton joke to go with Halloween here. But mine was, why couldn't the skeleton cross the road? Obviously, didn't have or the, the hearts or the guts. <laughs> okay. I like it. Don't worry, guys. You'll have a shot at the throne the next time. Uh, let's get into some celebrations. Uh, Tina, she just had a birthday on Sunday. Man, there's so much you could say about Tina. She is so gritty. And we just actually, I don't know, 30 minutes had a driver breakdown. That driver had an early off today. She actually drove her truck to that driver so he could swap out trucks and get home to his daughter to take her to an appointment or something. So Tina's just amazing. We love having her around. Tina, you are a grinder, man. All the stuff you've been through this year with COVID, uh, with your family, with your husband, our thoughts and prayers are with you, with your daughter. I mean, you went through the house issues last year. Uh, we are proud of you. It's it's amazing how you have fought through. You are so resilient. You know, you just got to keep it up. It's it's impressive. You you make it you make it look easy. Happy birthday from me too, Tina. And uh, hope your husband gets out of the hospital soon. We have a couple other birthdays. Vince Meekins. We got Jack Oquendo Mejia on 0047. He actually just got married as well. 
And then also Chris England in the shop. He just had a birthday. He's got a birthday coming up. And just got married. Yes. Wow, lots of celebrations. Oh, yeah. Anniversaries, Super Dave, 29 years today. What? I bet you guys got some good Super Dave stories in almost three decades. Oh. There, there are a few. We have a bathroom one that we all enjoy up at uh, <laughs> McDonald's where he was uh, in the bathroom uh, kind of giving it all he had and somebody busted in the door and then wouldn't leave on him. And so <laughs> it's a cute joke, but it's for him to tell. So hopefully sometime you can ask him about that one. Absolutely. Uh, I'll have to ask him about that. Super. Super Dave, I just want to say, man, I love you like a brother. I wouldn't want to share the office with anyone else. I know there's a tight quarters, but, uh, yeah, you're awesome. All the stuff you do for us, you couldn't, couldn't ask for a better teammate. Thank you for all you do, man. Love you like a brother. And we got Troy Hunt celebrating three years this week as well. Troy, I did some quick math on that. 27 more, brother. You'll be tied with Super Dave. <laughs> Troy, Troy's a stud. We all love Troy. Uh, he writes the most eloquent emails I've ever read in my life. Maybe he could help me with my math. Absolutely. Right. Ha- happy anniversary, Troy. And then happy birthday, Vince. And then I think you guys mentioned Jack, happy anniversary. And then also congratulations on getting married. And Chris in the shop birthday. Oh, yeah. Chris in the shop birthday. Yep. Happy birthday, you guys. And marriage. Woo. Let's get into some JFW business. So, uh, 2020, guys, was a pretty crazy year. We actually replaced 40 of our tractors and also added an additional 25 tractors. 2021, this year, we replaced 40 trailers. Are there any more plans for equipment coming up, guys? Can we talk about that? Yeah, so as we sit right now on order, we're going to be replacing uh, 25 more aluminum end dumps Our goal is not to have anything over five years old in the yard, trucks or trailers. So there will be 25 end dumps probably starting in December, the first 10, and then hopefully by March, the other 15, and uh, three rock trailers will get replaced as as well. So looks like about 28 trailers altogether. And then also with our five-year mark, what we're shooting for there, all of the uh, single-drive trucks will be going away as well and be replaced those are on order hopefully to come in mid-march is our goal there to a week through through march finishing up the first week of april uh we're actually supposed to meet with the manufacturer on that uh obviously all you guys know all the woes that they're having with chips and products and supplies and demand and whatnot there could be some changes in that but that's that's what we've asked for awesome are we with the new trailers coming, will that make us disc brakes all around, or are we already disc brakes all around? Oh, I don't want to have somebody straighten me out there because I know a, a whole bunch of the bulk trailers have disc brakes and like the low, or I'm sorry, I apologize, drum brakes are on all the bulk trailers and whatnot. So I would love to tell you, yes, all the end dumps and tractors will be disc brakes. I can't swear to it. There might be one or two lingerers still running around out there. Time for our tear weights are getting ridiculously low. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I was just BSing with Potter earlier today, and it's funny you bring that up. I told him when I started driving, we had old Ford tractors, and we had frame-type Fruhoff trailers, and we thought we were pretty cool when we teared in at like 38,000 pounds. Like, hey, we're under 40,000 pounds, and it was crazy. I mean, a legal load for the interstate at 
at 80,000 pounds, we were barely able to get on 22, 22 and a half tons. And now I can almost pretty much say minus the rock trailers, my guess is every truck in the fleet can get on almost 26 and a half tons and be under 80,000 pounds. So that's something we're pretty proud of. We've always tried to be cutting edge. You know, we want to be legal beagles going down the road and we need to help you guys do it in that fashion. Right. Speaking of cutting edge, what about the cameras, guys? How hard was it to decide to put cameras in the trucks? Uh, the cameras, it was pretty tough to decide to do that, mainly because of the cost and the investment. It's a monthly charge that we pay. Then we bought all the cameras. So to look at it, you're thinking, hey, you know, that's something we don't want to do. That's a cost that we don't have to have. But after going ahead and making the investment, the cameras are a game changer, you guys. I mean, I can't, I can't cheer for them enough uh, for making it so that we can see what happened out there, whose fault it is. You know, when you guys call in, the safety of having somebody looking out for you, you know, 24-7 when you drive that truck, and that's that camera. And it's, it's a fantastic investment. Should have done it a year ago or a year ahead of when we did. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, the amount of accidents we've been able to exonerate and protect you guys, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's a win-win. It's, it's kind of like an episode of CSI, you know, the facts don't lie, right? There's, there's no one else involved in it. It's just what you see on camera. Absolutely. And as a guy that responds to the accidents, when I receive the video on the way to the accident and I show up on scene and there's all sorts of stories being passed around of what happened, and I could just show the police officer a video of what happened. There's no better feeling of being blamed for something and then showing the video of what actually happened and the other person gets a ticket right on the spot. It's been interesting because when we first, took, when we first got the cameras, I think we might have lost one or two guys. There was a lot of resistance from some of the senior drivers, but I can recall not too long ago I had to replace a camera out of one of our senior guys' trucks and uh, I didn't have a replacement for him right away. And he, uh, he straight up told me, he's like, I don't feel protected. He's like, I would rather have the camera in the truck now than not. So it's been a win, win, win. So every year that I've been at JFW, we get better. Uh, just for example, six years ago, we didn't have a 401k. Four years ago, we didn't have rotating Saturdays. Three years ago, we didn't have paid holidays. And two years ago, we didn't have PTO. Anything in the pipeline you guys can share about what, what we might see next? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple different items we're working on, but at this point, Dave and I have task, tasked your leadership team with planning the next things. They're the closest people to you guys. They try to touch you every day. Uh, just so you guys know, the leadership team or the steering committee consists of Jam, Super Dave, Pat, JR, Scooby, Ann, Linda, Jen, John, Mikey, Dave, and myself, and also Joanne. Uh, they're they're a, a big group that see every facet of what we do here at JFW, so there's a lot of times that we look for, to them for leadership. You guys live and breathe JFW. What's your secret to staying passionate here every single day? You know, we deal with... So many issues sometimes when they come up, you get wrapped up in, uh, you know, this accident or this issue or this supply chain demand or 
this truck is broken or this truck was broken. Uh, you know, we're short to person here. We need to cover this load. You get wrapped up in the day-to-day struggles of this and you kind of lose sight. And I know when, uh, when I lose passion, I kind of sit back and I'm like, God, what am I thankful for? What is, what, what drives me? What keeps me coming back? And, you know, honestly, it's the other people here that I feel are supporting us and we need to show our support for them. It's the grinders who come in every day, the ones who come to work every day. You know, I sit there and I look at, at Super Dave, uh, 29 years in today, I feel I have to be passionate and come to work every day to support Dave to do his job. And there's an endless amount of other people here that do that as well, you know. Off the top of my head, you know, some of the, the silent warriors out there, I mean, man, it's it's so impressive when you when you see a guy like Rosario Garcia, he goes down the road every day, day in, day out, no phone calls, no complaints, no anything like that. You know, we got the Russ Murphys, just a whole handful of different drivers, you know, and I'm sure I may get some some backlash for not mentioning everyone that falls on on that edge that I'm talking about. But no, I mean you and uh, I'm thinking of you. And and those are the things that make me passionate and thankful for coming to work every day to have a job because I enjoy coming here. And those are the guys that make it look easy. They make this job seamless for us. So, yeah. And I mean, there's. I've started a list. I, I don't know where to stop. You know what I mean? There's all the shop personnel, the office personnel, the people in the wash bay. I mean, it, it, it goes on and on. There's, there's a list here that, yeah, that's what keeps me passionate. When I come in and I see people that are here every day, day in, day out, grinding away to get it done, man, it's, it's awesome. We do have some amazing good people that work here. Absolutely. And something that keeps me passionate is the responsibility that, that we have um that's the way we were raised um so that we know what our job is and what's expected of us and we think or i think that when i walk in the door in the morning i have the responsibility of every one of you guys and kind of like dave just mentioned a lot of guys are superheroes and and we don't have to you know talk to them or or deal with them or or give them our support, but even if you are a person that needs our support, we're here for you. That's part of our responsibility. And that keeps me passionate because I know I have to do it the right way every day because we have people counting on us. Whether it's Super Dave at 29 years or it's the guy that just walked in the door. They count on us, they count on us for a job, Uh, they count on us for knowledge, they count on us for support, and they count on us for just being here for them. that's the kind of company that Dave and I want to keep running. Awesome. What do you guys think about the weather change? Winter's, winter's knocking on our door here. I'm expecting a pretty short fall. Well, I'm getting old enough, and I've been doing this long enough years, so it's been like a day we've had cold weather, and winter sucks, and I don't like it, and <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. But... I also embrace it. It's part of Colorado. That's what makes Colorado beautiful. That's what makes our company strong. We haul salt and squeegee and do snow removal. I, I, I'm ready for it. I agree. Things change a little bit around here. The job definitely changes. Some of our procedures change. Start our procedure for number one. We've had some guys, you know, even this week, drag their trailer brakes in the yard. Guys, if you don't know the proper way to start these trucks up, especially in the cold weather, you know, if both your knobs are out, you start your truck up, 
and you let your truck build air until your until your air dryer pops off. <clears throat> Once your air dryer pops off, you would charge your trailer. You'll notice that your air pressure drops down to about 100 pounds, and then that will build up to 125 psi. Your air dryer will then kick back off. It's really important that you allow this to happen. It takes a lot of air to run the trailers between the dogs and the airbags and you know everything is run by air. Your rear axles, the auto inflation system, that all holds air. It takes a lot of air to run these trailers. You have to be patient in the morning so you don't drag your trailer tires. You want to get into uh, braking and jake brake usage there, Jim? Yeah, I sure will. Um, you know, Jam makes an outline, you guys, of kind of what we're going to try to talk about, and, and this is the list of procedures. And I said I would talk about braking and, and jake brake usage. Uh, just a quick story. Um, you know, in my younger days and, and years ago, I used to want a straight stack truck, you know, no mufflers. And one of my first trucks I drove was a, a straight stack 400 Cummins that I had drive down Brighton Boulevard and, and come down uh, from a, a place we used to deliver that made uh, cinder block. Anyway, uh, the office got a call. Actually, my mom got a call at that point. Um, that I would come down and Jake to go underneath the bridge and with my straight stack 400 Cummins and it was a lady from a liquor store and I was rattling the bottles off the shelves at the liquor store and she was pretty irate and wanted me to stop doing that. Well, lots of advancements from that day, you guys. You know, we've got disc brakes, we've got amazing Jake brakes, the engines are quiet um, and you, you can't hear them, they work fantastic. Back in those days, we ran our Jake brakes because the brakes basically sucked. We had terrible slack adjusters. They weren't self-adjusting. A lot of times they would lose adjustment during the day. And you ran that Jake so that you didn't have to use your brakes in case you needed your brakes to stop you. And they were so important. Well, with the advancement of disc brakes and how well our Jake brakes work, I feel a lot of the guys have gotten, you know, lazy I guess or or feel safe by just using the brakes not using that jake brake and our jake brakes today sometimes when you run them on full they're so aggressive they slam you into the dash or the steering wheel and then so the guys aren't putting them on knock them down a notch run them on medium or run them on low make that jake brake still work for you even if you can't rattle the bottles off a uh a shelf at the liquor store use that jake brake it's safer you'll always have your brakes we'll get longer life out of our brakes that will save us money and then when you, when we get back i mentioned the tires earlier using that jake brake and using it correctly will also save us on tire wear which also goes to our bottom line which these are some of the things that we can pass back to you when we save money but the big thing is we'll be safer and safer is our number one goal. Using those Jake brakes, saving those brakes will make us safer out there. And then also our speeds when we use those items. So that's that's my spiel on that. Yeah, I just want to back up a second. Jam had mentioned winter and changing procedures and stuff. And just a little quick tidbit about my thoughts on winter. You know, I don't know whether all you guys know it, but Jim has three daughters and uh, 
that's that's kind of hard when they're coming of age and starting to date boys and stuff. And I like a phrase that he picked up every time a boy knocked on the door and introduced himself and said, I'm going to take your daughter off. And they would walk off the door and Jim would look at him and go, I don't like him. Well, I don't like winter. It's just not fun. It's a uh, hard, hard to, to work through. It creates all these different procedures. You know, it just adds another task to what we have to do, but this is what we do. So we have to do it. Uh, one of the big things I want to bring up, it's even more important now during winter than, than the rest of the times of the year, you guys, is to do your post-trip inspection. One of the largest things we harp on with the post-trip inspection and the reason why it's best to do it after you park the truck, we have about eight mechanics that work all night that uh, can usually address almost all of your needs nightly. You know, we have to categorize some some things, you know. We're not going to throw a liner in your trailer overnight if there's a hole in your liner, but we're going to darn sure fix your brakes. We're going to fix your lights. We're going to fix the majority of the things that you write up on a little write-up board by the door that walks in the office here. But uh, you guys have to start checking your oil. You have to keep checking your antifreeze, your power steering, you know, all of those things. The shop just brought to our attention. They just found one of our trucks here at the East Yard 16 quarts low on oil. We were dumbfounded. You know, the shop sent us a picture of the dipstick completely dry, 16 quarts oil. That's over three gallons of oil low, not even on the stick. So, uh, man, these, these little things are so important. We only have one mechanic in the morning, right? So it's much easier to ride it up and walk away after you talk to a mechanic. You know you'll come in and that flat, flat tire will have been fixed unless we made a mistake and missed it. We only have one mechanic in the in the morning. This morning, I happened to watch him. He had to repair two flat tires that weren't caught the night before. It's a simple fact when you do your post-trip. Be that guy that takes the hammer out of the bag that we provided you. You bump all your tires. You're listening for a low thud, you know, where the other tires should have a nice, hard sound full of air to them instead of that blank thud. And uh, listen for an air leak when you walk around it. Tip your hood, that's long enough that the oil is settled to the bottom of the pan and you can check your oil with the engine off. Check your antifreeze. Make sure you have washer fluid. Carry an extra jug of washer fluid with you these days. You know, you guys running out of Kenosha or over Kenosha there to fair play two loads a day, you're going to need some extra washer fluid. Our trucks don't carry enough washer fluid to keep you guys full with all the traffic on the road and the splashback. So, yeah, definitely keep up with that stuff. It's, it's very, very, very important. Hey, I want to add one thing just right quick to what Dave mentioned about bumping those tires. And with we're back to technology and stuff. All the trailers have an air system on them that keep the tires inflated for your guys' safety and the safety of those tires or the longevity of those tires. When you're bumping those, and that's a great way to find a flat tire. That's the traditional way. But also put an eyeball on those tires. 90% of every one of your tires is exposed. The other 10% is what's sitting on the ground. When you bump those tires, look for a piece of steel or a nail or a screw or a screwdriver or a wrench or something hanging out of that tire. And like Dave said, listen for leaks, but sometimes they're not leaking where it's audible, but it's sure visual. So please bump those tires and look at those trailer tires because that air system is keeping up with it and you may not know it's low when you bump it at the end of the day. Also, that white light that we added, the new trailers all have a flashing white light. 
If that comes on during the middle of the day, you've got an air leak. You know, it's fairly common. I don't like to even say that in the morning for them to come on now and then. They shouldn't be in every morning occurrence. If so, we've got a leak and we need to isolate what that leak is, try and narrow that down. But if you see that in the middle of the day at 10 a.m. or 11 o'clock or 2 o'clock, if that light comes on on the trailer, you need to stop and find out what, what's going on because you've got something leaking air in one of those four tires back there. What's the strangest thing you've guys seen embedded in a tire? Um, wrenches is one for me, but we had a tandem that we had in the shop years ago. And we all helped put the tires on it. I think it was a snowy day, in fact. And one of the guys grabbed his coffee cup, was drinking coffee while we were mounting the tires. And we went to back the truck out of the bay, and he'd left his coffee cup on top of the tire. And when he rolled backwards to go out of the bay, we broke the coffee cup. But then we ran a shard of uh, the coffee cup right through the tire and got another flat tire on brand new tires. So that would be my strange one. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, wrenches and tires. I mean, wrenches, screwdrivers, chisels, chunks of debris. I mean, yeah. I've seen vice grips. Yeah, yeah, a pair of vice grips <laughs> ran through a tread. Yeah, 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 crazy stuff. That also brings up the TPMS sensors. Not all the trucks have those. The majority of them do. I can't sit here and tell you off the top of my head which ones do and which ones don't. Uh, those are the sensors that tell you if you have a low tire. In the cold weather, we do have more malfunctions with those, especially in the morning. You will not get an accurate reading until that tire is rolling. I don't know the speed. It could be 10 miles an hour. It could be 25. I'm sure I could get with the shop and figure that out. But uh, at some point, you, that tire needs to roll to get adjusted if it's not reading anything. The best thing to do is bump it with your hammer, see what it sounds like, pull out an air gauge. We've had a lot of things where the tires are reading 85 pounds, we put an air gauge on it. All of a sudden, it's reading 110 on the gauge. Then we go drive it, and it finally picks up and changes. So, you know, these are things that, as with technology, I'm sure every one of you have had your phone lock up or, or something like that. The technology out there is great when it works. When it malfunctions, it's a pain in the butt. Sometimes you can just key the truck off and key it back on. It fixes itself. Sometimes it doesn't. So, yeah, we, we have this as a guideline. We have it as... An aid, you know, like Jim said, it helps with our safety. We believe we've caught way more tire issues with this than we had without. So use it as a guide. That's what it's for. Uh, it's there to help us. Moving on to the safety topic of the week. It's following distance. Uh, last week we tackled speed, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the four greatest causes of truck crashes are speed, space, distracted driving, and fatigue. I think the, the, the space part, the following distance part really bothers me a lot. Uh, when I see a big truck just following too close, to me it tells me that that driver thinks he's more important than the people in front of him. Uh, it's extremely dangerous and I would just hate to see somebody run somebody's family over or something like that. Our own families are out there. We have a lot of trucks on the road. I've had call-ins from people's girlfriends or wives or cousins you know my wife sees our trucks out there all the time fortunately she says always oh, doing a good job but we're just we're just so saturated out there i would hate to to find out one day we had an accident with one of our own yeah that's a great point jim we just had a driver here in the office that was having some issues with some things and uh 
you know, he mentioned his daughter is 16 years old and, and driving out there on the road. And when she gets home, she's always like, dad, who drives double O whatever. And who drives this truck? And I saw this one today. And, you know, so that part's kind of cool, but it also brings it to the forefront. Wow. Everyone's family's out there, ours included. So, you know, those speeds, we, we kind of harped on speed last week. I made the comment speed kills. You know, I would like to kind of clarify on that. Uh, it's easy to think, oh, speed kills. Yeah, speed kills people. Well, it not only kills people when you're, when you're in that situation, right? When you're following too close, you're going too fast. You know, you're running 75 miles an hour downhill, whatever the case may be. You're only one car length off of that car in front of you that your rear end and kills that person. But speed also kills that truck. You know, we brought up disc brakes. Again, we're harping on safety. Disc brakes makes us stop faster. It's more secure. We have the TPMS on the tires to keep the tires full. That helps us stop. That helps us start. So speed kills when you come in the driveway too fast and you jar the trailer from one side to the other and it hurts the cylinder and it slams from side to side. Speed kills when you're turned at an angle coming in the driveway and our steer tires are thrown from one side to the other. Speed kills over at plant 11 when you're coming down that road and you go over those speed bumps and you don't slow down for them. Speed kills the shocks on those trucks. Speed kills is kind of a general term. Not only people, items on our trucks, your body. If you slow down over bumps, if you go around the, the potholes on the bridges, which are horrible here in Colorado, you know, you guys run these roads every day. You should know where every bump is and try and go around it to try and save the, the tires on the truck, the airbags on the truck, the shocks on the truck. And it's your body as well. Why be jarred from one side of the truck to the other when you come in our driveway at 10 miles an hour when you could slow, put the transmission in manual, put it in first gear and idle in the driveway. Instead of throwing your body from one side of the seat to the other, speed doesn't kill that way. You're, you're more relaxed. You're chilled out at the end of the day. It's just easier on everything. Your body, the truck, the components, the road, the safety. It's, it's easy to see that guy. I mentioned it last week. That's the coolest thing in the world for me to see is someone that comes in and out of our yard, our facility. You know if they're doing it right here, they're pretty much doing it right the rest of the time on the road. The guys who don't come in the yard here and are going too fast, pretty good odds they're not doing it right on the road out there. Absolutely. The way, the way somebody does one thing is the way they do everything. Uh, and getting back to the toll it takes on your body, how stressful is it to follow a, a car too closely where if you're a kickback, 5, 10 seconds, you're not worried about that car. When you're on his bumper, you're always in fear and you're always stressed out that you're going to have to stop. Just to be clear, you should have at 55 miles an hour, you should have at least a four-second following distance. And then for every 10 miles an hour over that, you would add a second. So at 65 miles an hour, you should have a five-second following distance. Great input, Jim. Yeah, just to finish up, I want to mention one other thing here. You know, Dave just mentioned speed kills. It speed kills the trucks and stuff. You know, he mentioned about it being tough on your body or, or hard on you, you know, and how Jam mentioned about following so close and how keyed up you are. We had one of the new Kenworths, it's just a year old, I believe, last week, snap a front spring off, um, snapped it right in two. We had to bring it into the shop. The only thing that does that, you guys, especially on that new of a truck, and it's not the driver that was driving the truck. It might have been the driver that filled in in the truck or had the truck before him. But that was from coming in a driveway too fast, hitting a bump 
too fast, all that kind of stuff. And that's a, that's kind of like shock load on the tires or the rear ends. That's what causes that is too much speed and breaks the spring. Final thoughts, anybody? Yeah, final thoughts. Jam, I do have one. I just happen to, I always like little sayings. Usually sayings don't, you know, come about or you don't hear the sayings unless they happen a lot. You know, Dave's speed kills, that's one of them. But I have a little one at the end here. Um, a life spent making mistakes is not only more honorable, but more useful than a life spent doing nothing. So get up, do something, you guys, and do it correctly, please. Be your very best. That's, that's what we really love to see here is just do things to your very best. Everyone's very best could be different, but if you're giving your all, we're going to be super happy with that. Yeah, I just want to finish with uh, thanking all the grinders out there. You know, I, I talked about two people, and there is literally 100 here. So, man, thank you guys uh, and gals, everyone here that's a grinder. It's impressive to see every day, so thank you. Thanks for joining us again, everybody, and who knows, maybe we'll do this again. Thank you.